Hey guys, what's happening? Happy Wednesday. Good to see you. Um, yeah, so today is, is just kind of an open share kind of day. Um, share just a little story uh, about me in my past and it really could go anywhere. To be honest with you, it could it can go in many different directions, but I do hope that there's there's some positive um, kind of uplifting things that you guys can take away from my experience and my story. So, thank you so much for joining me today. Today marks 23 weeks pregnant. Trevor and I are expecting, as you know, another little girl that'll make girl number three for the Wiccan house. So Trevor has always been outnumbered because even before we had kids, we had two girl dogs. And um, so now not only do we have two girl dogs, but we have two little girls, four and three, and now we're having another little girl on the way. So he definitely is way outnumbered. Hey, Roberta, glad to have you on. Um, hey, Janet, good to see you. Yay, all my friends are in the house. I just love you guys. Um, I love this community. You guys bring me so much joy and so much life. So thank you for letting me share a little bit of myself and my journey with you. Um, and excuse the lighting today. It's, it's kind of, you can't really tell because it looks like this bright window right here. Um, but it's cloudy and rainy today. We're going to be expecting some thunderstorms later. So, and I'm okay with that. Um, not a big fan of being cold, but this is the kind of cold that I, I actually don't mind. So, so not, not too big a deal, but yeah. So let's see, I'm 37 now. So what does that make that like 18, 19 years ago when I was 16, I had an aneurysm and I know a lot of you may know that. Um, some of you may already know that, especially those of you that have been with us for a long time or maybe have watched that very first introduction video that we did when we had 300 members. Um, Roberta, I don't know, maybe you were, I think you might've been here at, at that point. Um, but I had a, I had an aneurysm, like I said, when I was 16, um, and it had paralyzed me completely. Like you could literally draw a line down the middle of my body and everything. This is my left. So it looks like you're right, but everything on my left side just went paralyzed. Um, I remember my tongue, um, even like not being able to talk because my tongue, it was like dead weight. You know, the right side of my tongue was trying to move it, but the left side of my tongue was dead weight. So I was slurring everything that I said. My, um, I went lazy and just kind of fell to the side and I couldn't hold my, my body weight with my left side. I couldn't put any body weight on my left side. And I really realized how bad it was when I went to transfer something from my right hand into my left. And when I did, it just fell to the floor. And so it was a pretty scary experience at 16 years old. And just to paint a picture of, of my life up to that point, I mean, I was your, your typical high school girl. Um, and I, I had this passion for volleyball and, um, I hadn't played volleyball my whole whole life. It was something that I actually didn't start until my freshman year. So I'd only been playing it for two years, but I just was naturally good at it. I was naturally gifted. And it was the first time that I remember in my whole life falling in love with something. And um, I'd always been really boy crazy my whole life. Um, and 
for some reason, once volleyball entered enter the picture my freshman year, it, boys really didn't matter to me at all at that time. And I was just super passionate about volleyball. I would play during my lunches. We had, I was telling Trevor, we had these guys that were seniors when I was a freshman who were um, going away to UCLA on volleyball scholarships. And so I had the unique pleasure with my best friend, Jane, to get to stay in during lunch and, um, and just play volleyball with them. And of course they were hardcore. They would serve the ball so hard and I'd get to bump the ball, you know, and, and just play against them, which really in, improved my skills quite rapidly. And so by my sophomore year, by the time I was 15, 16 years old, I had already lettered in volleyball um, and I had a club level really interested in me. So I got to play club level volleyball when I was 16 and um, really, really great experiences. And I was really excited because for the first time I cared about college and I was really excited to go to college and I was working hard um, to, to for scholarships, to get scholarships to play volleyball in college and was just loving life, loving the friends that I had made playing volleyball and loving that that's what I was spending my time doing. So right after my sophomore year, um, the beginning of summer, when suddenly I had an aneurysm and I'm paralyzed on one side and not really unsure of what is going on or what my future looked like, things, things quickly, quickly became very upsetting and depressing. And I remember my parents, it took them a few days before they realized how serious that I wasn't just gonna snap out of it and it wasn't just some virus. And, and they had taken me finally into the emergency room and, sorry, I have to clear this off my screen. And that is when they found the blood at the base of my cerebellum, right, right back here. I think it was on my right side is where they found the blood. And they admitted me right away into the hospital. They had to fly back the neurosurgeon who was vacationing in New York, planning to do an emergency surgery on me. And it, things just got real, real quick at that point. Um, and, you know, of course, my parents were carrying around this tremendous amount of guilt for, you know, not taking me to the emergency room sooner. And now they're fearful and they're hearing all these procedures the doctors are needing to do, including an angiogram. Um, which would go up through a major artery in my leg, um, which had serious, serious um, complications that could happen. And, um, you know, so they're, they're hearing all these things going on and, and, you know, feeling that guilt that we should have got her in here sooner. And then, of course, turning directly to prayer to believing that I'm going to come through this one way or another, which it was. It was a miracle that I actually walked out of that hospital after only staying there for four or five days and wasn't pretty walking out of there wasn't pretty. And I remember, you know, it was a long summer of just trying to move, trying to, trying to get around. And luckily I was blessed with really not understanding fully, or, or maybe it was just that hope. I have this natural faith ability inside of me to where never once when I was in that situation did I think that I was permanently going to be like that. You know, I if I at at the time when I didn't know very much, I compared it to to have some of the severe down syndrome cases that you see where the person just has no control over their body. Um I had a a neighbor who had some, something like that. He was a lot younger than me and he, you know, he was drooling, he was in a wheelchair and he had very little control over his body. And that's kind of how I felt, um, during that summertime. And 
but I was blessed with never having that moment where it was like I was gonna be like that forever. I, thankfully, and I don't know why, um, I never feared that that was permanent, but inside I just kind of knew, like this, is, this isn't the end for me, this isn't how my life is gonna turn out. And I remember going 4th of July to my uncle's house shortly after I got out of the hospital, and it was the first time my grandma had seen me moving because she had come to see me in the hospital, but she didn't see me up and about. And um, and my grandma, if you know her, and I've talked about her a few times, like I do love and respect my grandma dearly, And but she's also one of those women, she grew up very poor, and they lived in a garage with her seven brothers and sisters. And, um, you know, so she's kind of been hardened by a lot of her experiences in life. So she's not one to cry. I, I think I've maybe seen her shed a tear twice in my life. And one of those times was, was the first time she saw me walking around my um, uncle's backyard for the 4th of July. And she lost it. <laughs> she she lost it seeing seeing how immobile I was and how dysfunctional I was and how I couldn't talk and how my eye fell to the side and you know like it, it was a very scary sight and I can only imagine what she saw from her perspective and to see those tears in her eyes like it just it overwhelms me to this day because like I said she's not someone who cries very often and so anyhow like um the doctors at that time and my parents all decided that Although I was recovering quite quickly and I had gone to a couple PT sessions and they're like, you know, she's improving quite well on her own. So have her do these exercises at home and there's really no reason for her to come back. And, um, you know, so I, I continued to work and it was a blessing that I was an athlete leaving up, leading up to that um, because I could pretty much rehab at home. Um, but the doctors were quite clear that I would never play volleyball again or that I should never play volleyball again and my parents trying to be responsible and you know after all that they had gone through not wanting to make any mistakes like that agreed and so when it came to physical activity I I became restricted I everything that I had fallen in love with was quickly taken away and if you remember high school that's that's a really I mean high school is hard for anybody and if you don't have anything to sink yourself into, any passions, any things that you were just really excited about, there's a lot of other things you're gonna fill your time with. And so I lost volleyball and slowly but surely, I lost all my friends in volleyball. Um, I remember going to the banquet later that year for volleyball because my little sister had then started playing volleyball. And um, so I had gone to the banquet at the end of the year and it was the most heartbreaking experience that I had had because that would have been my senior year. Um, maybe it was the next year. So that would have been my senior year. And all of my friends are graduating and going off to play in, in college or, you know, making all these plans that I had played volleyball with. And I didn't, I didn't get to do that, you know? And so it, it was really hard to see and go through all of that. So what I ended up, long story short, because I don't want to drag this out too long, but it, it led me to make some decisions, obviously, that I'm not proud of. And I had gone through kind of a rebellion stage, um, not because I was angry that it was taken away from me. I don't think that that was my motive. It was just, what else am I going to fill my time with? And I had lost all the friends that were closest to me, including my two best friends, um, and that we just kind of grew distant from each other. 
And so I went down a road that just kind of led me through some rebellion stages. I almost didn't graduate high school on time. In fact, I had to kick it into high gear my senior year because I had messed up my junior year so completely um, that there was no way I was going to graduate on time if I didn't really kick it into high gear. So I did. I kicked butt. I, had, I think I got the best grades I ever did in all of school my senior year because I was just not going to stay there another year. I was going to graduate come hell or high water. So I, I kicked everything into gear and, and I graduated on time with my class. And, um, but I still just kind of went down this road of really, you know, lacking purpose, I guess you would say, lacking meaning, lacking, you know, something that I was passionate about. And, and so that, that just kind of left me floating through life, let's just say. But, um, long story short, as I kind of avoid taking you down that rebellious life that I led for, you know, a good four five, six years. Um, I had gotten done with college. I'd finished up college and I actually did not finish with a degree from, um, a four-year college, but I, I did two and a half years at a four-year college and just life was, life was a mess. You know, like I had never resolved all the hurts that came with everything that I had lost, um, from the aneurysm, including two suicides that were unrelated, obviously to my aneurysm, but two of my closest friends committed suicide in high school. And so I just overwhelmed um, after two and a half years of college and I wanted to move back home. So I moved back home and um, started to pursue broadcasting. I found that I really, really loved broadcasting and I loved being on camera and sharing. And I, I love all the technical aspects of broadcasting as well. So I went to a technical school for broadcasting here um, in Lakewood nearby where my parents lived. And, and I fell in love with that. I enjoyed doing it. I interned at News 4, at CBS News 4. Loved palling around with, you know, the, the photographers and the live truck operators and the reporters and going out on some of the really incredible stories. And I was, I mean, you guys know, like, right, I told you recently that I, I love the news, like as depressing and awful as the news can be. Like there's times where I just go through these spurts where it's like, I just am addicted to it. I want to watch the head. I want to go through the headlines. I want to hear the stories. And because that's really my, you know, part of my past that I really enjoyed and, so anyways, I, I got done with that and, but I decided, you know, it, I started to think about my future and what I really wanted out of my future. And, you know, and in, in my heart, I, I had this idea of the life that I wanted to have, but because I had, after having my aneurysm, I went down the path that I really shouldn't have. I didn't think I deserved it anymore. I didn't think it could happen for me anymore. I thought I was too broken. I thought I was just not worthy of all these great things that I had in my mind that I wanted for myself. And I had convinced myself of that for several years. And then finally, now out of college, ready to start putting out resumes to go work for um, some really you know, small broadcasting like stations, um, small networks. And I was like, do I really want that? Do I really want to put be on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week for like no money to start until I make it and sacrifice having a family and, and the things that are truly on my heart for? So I never sent out a single application. I didn't send out a single demo tape. And, um, and I, I went to work full time and I found myself 
in a career that I loved, um, which was uh, in property management. And I loved it because I managed properties. They were nicer properties um, in most cases, or you know, one property was one that needed some serious cleaning up and their residency was really low, but I just had this natural ability to lease apartments and to um, just kind of bring community together. And so I quickly like just went up the ranks in property management and found myself managing a luxury community and making some great friends and just loving life. And, and by this time I'm now 29 years old and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I need to stop dating these schmucks and I need to start believing that what's on my heart is really out there and that I can really find. And, um, and so I did, I started really believing for that, for, for being able to meet the one that was always intended for me. And I didn't know when or how it was going to happen, but I just kind of held on to the fact that that was still out there. And it was then that it was, I decided that after being a, a few years in property management, my hips were expanding because it's, it's, you know, I sit a lot and, and so I wasn't quite as active as, as I was. And so I was like, I've got to hire a personal trainer. It is time that I get in the gym and I figure out exactly, you know, like, like how to take care of myself. And so I, I showed up at the local 24 hour fitness and I hired a personal trainer, started working out with them and, and they, he was really great. He was, um, he was good and he was getting me motivated again to exercise, but he had taken me as far as he could with the deficiencies that I had because I still had great balance issues and coordination issues. And, and he just really felt I needed to address those before we could really progress any further. Um, and so he happened to be Trevor's best friend. So you know where I'm going, right? So he's Trevor's best friend. And I had already met Trevor from across the gym and I'd already kind of knew he was interested in me because his friend, my trainer filled me in on that and but I was like, you know, yeah, I'd be, I'd be open. I'd be open to going and, you know, having him help me with these issues. And so Trevor and I started training together and he started working with me on my balance issues. And many of you have heard part of this story, but suddenly that interest that I knew he had in me seemed to disappear. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, cause I had kind of grown to like the guy. I mean, he's fun. He was entertaining. I mean, you guys know, like, he was really, really fun. And we have really great conversations while we were training. And, and I started to wonder, like, is this guy ever going to ask me out? This is ridiculous. Like, I've been training with him now for six months. And, you know, like, although I was feeling great and my balance had improved drastically. And I was, you know, looking and feeling better than I, I had in probably since I was 16. And, um, but I was just like, what the heck is up with this dude? Does he, is he not interested anymore? And I had gone away on a trip for property management. My company sent me out to help clean up a property and, and get it functioning well again. And while I was away, I just, I texted Trevor to find out, okay, so what exercises should I do? There's, there's no um, free weights here. And so he was telling me what to do. And finally I got brave and I was like, so when do I get to know you outside of the gym? So I had to give him permission, right? Like he's, he's an honorable guy. He's professional first. And, um, so I gave him that permission to, to take me out. And he's like, well, how about this weekend when you get back? And, um, in addition to him being very professional and honorable, he's also a very good student. So he didn't really set 
our date right away. He was like, well, I have this genetics test that I'm studying for, so I will call you on Saturday when I get done studying and then we'll, we'll go out. And so there was like no hard set plans. And I'm like, okay, I, who am I that I'm letting this guy just kind of string me along and not setting final plans, you know? But for some reason, I, I decided to go with it. And um, so that Saturday, I tried to fill my day, you know? I went to the pool, I hung out with my friends, and I didn't want to sit around waiting for this guy to call me, you know? But that's literally what I was doing. I was just waiting for him to call me and tell me plans are on. And I swear, it was all day till I finally heard from him. And he's like, he called me, he's like, okay, I'll be there in a couple hours to pick you up. And finally, I was like, okay, this is actually going to happen. Um, so kind of, kind of a fun little story on how Trevor and I met. He took me out to dinner, and then we went out dancing with my friends later that evening. And literally, I, I, knew, I knew right away that he, he was my husband. He was everything I had been praying for and believe, like wanting. He was everything I ever wanted, but thought that I was too damaged, I was too broken, and I wasn't worthy. I mean, here, here he is. I don't want to cry. It's kind of silly, um, but he's everything, like, my heart, like, you know, when I tell you guys, I don't want to be an ugly crier, sorry, but I tell you guys to hold on to that thing that's in your heart, that you don't know how you're ever going to get, you don't know if you deserve it, you don't know if it's physically possible, but there's just something in your heart that you can't let go of. And I want you to hold on to that because if it's there and it's not gone away over the years with all the changes that you go through and the things that you bring on, it's possible. And so that, that can be the thing that drives you forward, you know, as you're fighting this nasty battle that you're in every day. And when things, you know, are good, it continues to like propel you forward. And when things are bad, it helps you get through those rough times, you know, but you just keep believing that, well, if it's still in my heart, if it's still this desire that I have, there's a reason for it. So anyways, ah, I hate crying in front of people. So please forgive me. But he was there and I knew, I knew right away he was mine. And we got married exactly 364 days later from that day. <laughs> and I have to tell you that if I didn't have that aneurysm, which is the exact thing that led me to him because it left me with, with those. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, Pam. I don't like crying. Ooh, I don't usually cry. Trevor's the crier, not me. Um, but if I didn't have this aneurysm, then, you know, I, I'm sure I would have met Trevor somehow, but it was the aneurysm that led me directly to him because he's the one person on this planet who really could help me. And then he's also the one person on this planet that I was supposed to be with this whole time. And, and so because of that, like, and everything that I've experienced I just feel like it's led me to so many great things that have always been on my heart. You know, it led me to Trevor. I've always wanted to be a mom and a mom that is home with her children. And although it's not been easy and it's been a sacrifice, um, Trevor's made a way for me to do that. 
without any guilt, without making me feel like I need to contribute financially to this family, even when things were really rough, you know? So, so because of that, now I get to be a mom that's home with their kids. Um, and that is such a blessing, but then also because of the experience that I had having an aneurysm, I feel like I can relate more to a demographic of people that my heart just so pours out to, you know, which, which is you guys, which is the clients that we've served together over the last seven years. And, and so I can honestly say, and like I said at the beginning, I don't know where this is all going to go, but I can honestly say that in many ways, I'm grateful for my aneurysm. Does it suck that I couldn't go on to play volleyball? Yeah. And you know what? I still have that desire inside of me, as Trevor. I, you know, I think I want to join a rec league after this baby is born. And, you know, maybe it's something he and I can do together. And, you know, just see. Just see if that I still have any skills left when it comes to volleyball. But, yeah. I, you know, like, I love to watch volleyball. I would have loved to go to college and play volleyball. And, you know, have not gone through all these years of being lonely and missing the friends that I had, I had lost through all of it. I mean, yeah, I lost a lot because of the aneurysm, but I can tell you I've gained way more than I've lost. And, and you guys are part of that. I have gained you guys and I, I do, I can play an adult league. Yeah. They, thanks Kim. I think I can. I'm, I haven't done it because I've been a little nervous and scared and think that maybe I'm not quite you know, like it's going to be a while to figure out how coordinated I am, but I'm sure it'll all come back to me. Like I told Trevor just this weekend, he's like, well, maybe I'll play with you. Maybe we can be on a league together. And I was like, yeah. And I will kick your butt. And I was like, well, maybe at first you'll be better than me, but sure enough, I'm going to destroy you, <laughs> which is true. I think I will get my skills back, but, um, yeah, like, uh, anyways, I just wanted to share this with you because I know you guys are going through a lot, you know, ever since you started to, to, to have symptoms and then to seek out your diagnosis, or maybe you haven't even gotten a diagnosis, or maybe it's not even MS, but it's, it's something else that you're battling with. Um, I, I don't think things like, I think that good can come out of everything, you know, and you look at V and the impact that V is having on the world around her because she has MS and because she's taken the journey that she's had. And, you know, and I think that we all have things in our heart and, and things that we can, and impacts that we can go out and make. And we just have to go through the journey and the journey is hard and it's ugly and it's nasty and it's debilitating. And, you know, look at, look at Tori, Victoria, I can't remember her name, but on Dancing with the Stars, I mean, you look at her journey and it's so heart-wrenching and I know you guys are living that day after day after day and it's really easy to get caught up in the why me or this isn't fair or I shouldn't have to work this hard just to walk you know just just to walk down my hallway like it's sh I, I shouldn't have to do this it's not fair and and I get it I get it I mean I'm I'm ashamed to say that I've been going through a little bit of that myself lately because this pregnancy has been pretty rough. Um, I, I started getting pains really early on in my hips and my um, lower abdomen that were just like, it was hard. I would get in bed to read to my kids at night and I couldn't roll over without excruciating pain. Like I had to really figure out a way to maneuver myself around to get out of bed. And I just, 
I had never experienced pain like that before. Like my hips hurt before in, in my first two pregnancies, but not this early and not this like bad. Like I literally, uh, getting up and down off the floor, I can relate to you guys so much more now because being on the floor, like I couldn't do, I was doing the uh, movement camp one exercises and as much as they were helping, they were hurting because it was, it was so hard to be on that floor for that period of time because it, it just, once I'm on the floor, it, it affects me all day. It's just weird. Like my hips just lock up and strength and just aren't hurting. So I started doing movement camp too and I'm feeling amazing doing movement camp too because it's less floor work and it's mostly standing up or sitting in a chair. Um, and so my, my body's kind of coming alive, which is nice, but I get it. Like it's, it's so hard and you do, you go through these periods and I was like, I'm more active than most pregnant, most pregnant women out there. Why, why is this so bad? Like I shouldn't have to work this hard. And I had to check myself because for me, this is temporary. And you know, like once this baby comes, my body's going to start to go back. And I had to really think about you guys, you know, and think that you, you don't have that, I guess, guarantee, right? I mean, no, nothing is guaranteed, but I can tell you there's some really, really beautiful things that can come out of your journey and things that you can't even imagine. And I know that that, that is, has been the case for me. And I saw that with V and you see that with Tori and these, you see that with Maharuni on here and in the, the impact that you guys can make, not just on the world, but on your family as they watch you in this journey and they watch you striving, like you're going to build up a confidence in the, in, in your loved ones who are watching you that you may not even be aware of, but just know that they're watching and they are proud of you and they're inspired by you because you are taking the action to move forward and it's going to lead to some beautiful experiences and beautiful purposes and and passions that you didn't even know that you had or that you had maybe let go of thinking wasn't going to be possible again and it's going to turn into something great so i i just wanted to share that with you i didn't really want to cry i mean i good thing i didn't put on a lot of makeup today i'm not having anything streamed down my face but i really appreciate you guys just kind of letting me be a little bit raw with you and and letting you know how something so nasty in my world um led to me actually inevitably finding you guys and um, I have so many beautiful things that have come out of a very tragic and hard situation for both me and my family. And, and it is, it's, it's beautiful. And I want that. I want that for you guys. And that's my prayer and my hope for each one of you is that despite the fact that you have this monster trying to take you out and, and putting stumbling blocks and roadblocks in your way, that there's ways around it and there's ways to still live a very fulfilled and purposeful and passionate life. And you guys are doing that and you are taking, sorry, my dogs are here. They hear me crying and they're like, what's wrong, mommy? So that's why the screen is bumping. But, but you guys have so, so much to live for and so many great things still to experience in this life. And I, I'm so grateful that we get to be a part of that journey alongside you. So I hope you got something out of today. Oh, I'll show you my baby bump. Sorry, I've got dog hair all over me because the dogs are <laughs> climbing all over me. Hold on, let me see. Okay, you can't really see me. Hi. Um, but the baby belly's in here in all its glory. But the baby is about the size of a papaya, a little over a pound. 
can't believe she, I can't believe she's already a pound. That's just crazy to think that I have that in there. But um, anyhow, so that's all. Hope you guys have a wonderful and blessed Wednesday, and I will see you next week. Love you guys.